Welcome to Bare Roots, the podcast that unearths the truth. Allegedly. We're your hosts. I'm Alina. And I'm Shannon. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bare Roots podcast. So today we are on our second episode, continuing the crazy things that happen in April train. And today's episode is on the shot heard around the world, not around the world, but just around the world. <laughs> and now you may be thinking to yourself, where do I know that phrase? And maybe it's from middle school when you learned about the American Revolution. So that's where we are starting with our story today. We're talking about the American Revolution and what happened in April of 1775. Shannon, how are you feeling today? Feeling good. Yeah, we're going back to our roots. We are. Not only our uh, American roots, but our home state of Massachusetts. That's right. And, you know, fifth grade was like really fun. That's when we learned about this stuff. We did a nice little field trip. So I feel very close to this topic. And Schoolhouse Rock. Right. Yes. I mean, that's kind of where the inspiration of this title comes from. <laughs> the bills, you know, bills of rights, everyone. No, nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, that's the one that I really remembered. I had to rewatch the shot heard around the world. Yeah. It's yeah. funny. I, I looked it up on YouTube. I yes. went to see what it was and I'm like, wow, like this really is informational. Like what a fun, entertaining Thing to use as a teacher to teach kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we're talking about the shot, the first fire, the first shot of the American Revolution. So this is obviously a huge game changer for the whole world, really, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And hence why it's a shot heard around the world. It would have happened at some point eventually, right. I'm sure. Like mm-hmm. te- it, tensions were high, you know, it was the bear was waiting to be poked. You know, right, exactly. And so that's where we're beginning our story. And we're going to talk about how everybody was talking about it. If you weren't talking about it, you were living under a rock. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's get into it. So, like we said, it's been tense. It's 1775. Things have been up to a boiling point here in Massachusetts. It's Boston. And the colonists have been gathering weapons. And they've been training to fight the British. And as we know, the British are the best military in the world at this point. And we're just little colonists. We're basically farmers with guns. Exactly. So the Continental Congress had approved the preparing for defense fighting in case the British became more aggressive. So this is after the Boston Tea Party. Like we've already, again, things are happening. There was a lot of drama before this whole shebang that we're talking about. I think this might, was this after the Boston Massacre? I think so. Okay. Yeah. So yes, bad things have happened. We have General Thomas Gage, who was the commander of the British troops in Boston. And so on his side of the story, he thinks that his army is like too small to act without reinforcements. But his officers, they thought the colonists were just too weak and inexperienced to be really any match for the British. So they're like rearing to go and they're like, general, we got this. They're weak. Mm -hmm. And Gage was like, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) 
and he received orders to arrest Sam Adams and John Hancock, and they were rumored to be in and around Lexington at the time. And he was still a little hesitant, unsure, but then he got word that the colonists were stockpiling guns and gunpowder in Concord, which is like the town next over. And that's when he was like, okay, we gotta snuff this out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So on the night of April 18th, 1775, he dispatched nearly 1,000 troops from Boston. And he was hoping to be sneaky. He thought like, you know, nobody's going to know. <laughs> it's going to be fine, which is kind of funny because it's 1,000 troops. Like it's, <laughs> it's colonial New England. I mean, that's a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And to think that this is a highly trained like military group of people. It's like, okay. That's like a lot of people to try to move all those people without any word. I'm sure there's some old woman looking out her window being like, whisper, whisper, something's going on. Right, exactly. And that's when, you know, we find Paul Revere. He gets on his horse. He runs through the towns. He, you know, we were, they were all watching the carefully. All the patriots were watching the British activities. And so, yeah, Paul Revere and William Dawes, they rode out to warn people all the way. And I'm pretty sure Paul Revere got stopped in Lexington and William Dawes had to carry off to Concord. That's right. One if my land, two if I see the British are coming. Correct. Which I don't know if that's actually, isn't it debated if he, it's like the Redcoats are approaching? Yeah, I'm or pretty that? sure he said the regulars are coming. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Either way, he, he warned people, so everybody knew they were coming. And the British arrived in Lexington the next morning on April 19th. April 19th, people. April 19th. This should be ringing an alarm in your head. Uh, That's right. So many things. <laughs> <laughs> and they found, the British uh, Redcoats, they found several dozen Minutemen waiting for them at the town's common. And, you know, for mo- I just like that in the sense that, not that I like that, but like I can picture <laughs> it because, you know, like you can picture like a New England town's common. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's just a grassy area with the other town buildings around. There's a church there in white, you know, like it's, yep. there's a couple trees and yep. the Minutemen are there waiting and the Redcoats are approaching. And different accounts offer different numbers for the militia. Some say there were just 70 and others say there are as many as 200. And I think it depends on who's telling the story because we will, you'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) So they're all lined up. Someone fired. And this is kind of where the conspiracy comes from. No one knows which side fired first. And eight minute men were killed and another dozen or so were wounded. And only one red coat was wounded. Then the British marched on to Concord, which is where the guns were being stockpiled. And they destroyed what was left in the store of guns. But a lot of those have been removed because, again, we had some warnings. So they were like, get mm-hmm. these guns out of here. Like, they're coming for the guns. And the British encountered armed resistance from a group of patriots at the town's North Bridge. And more gunfire was exchanged, leaving two colonists and three redcoats dead. And afterwards, the British retreated. The British retreated back to Boston. But you know, this is like classic. I want to say like American fighting versus British fighting. Like 
British are very much in line, regimented, and us Americans are kind of like diving behind trees and uh, <laughs> being scrappy, being the underdog, <laughs> being the underdog, being scrappy, hiding behind buildings. And so they were taking off like the whole way back to Boston. They were just taking down the redcoats and they were just on them the whole time, hiding behind fences and houses and trees and rocks. And by the end of the day, the redcoats suffered three times the casualties that the colonists had. So yes, in the beginning, it looked bad for the colonists, but by the end of the day, I, you know, the American forces kind of won the battle, you could say, even though it wasn't really a battle, it was just kind of like a skirmish that, you know, mm-hmm. no one happened. predicted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the incident at the North Bridge was later memorialized by Ralph Waldo Emerson in his 1837 poem, The Conquered Hymn whose opening stanza is by the rude bridge that arched the flood, their flag to April's breeze unfurled. Here once the embattled farmer stood and fired the shot heard round the world. So that's where we get the phrase shot heard round the world. And obviously he's famous. The poem is famous. And you can obviously tell which side he was on (laughs) because embattled farmers stood you know like exactly the humble farmer and I think too it's important to say I don't know if this is like a rule but back then it was like whoever shoots first then that means they're ready game on like the war has begun they're no longer playing any games anymore which just shows again the importance of the shot heard around the world revolutionary war was going Yep. No turning back now. It's happened. Exactly. Yeah. But it's just so interesting where like we don't know who started it. (laughs) Right. So, but we'll discuss. (laughs) So Ralph Waldo Emerson, he was a Boston native and he was born in 1803, but he spent his childhood in Concord. And I thought this was kind of a fun fact. His grandfather, who was a minister, he had witnessed the 1775 battle on the North Bridge from his nearby home. So like Oh, wow. Pretty cool. Mm -hmm. That's a cool story to have. And he became one of the country's leading intellectuals. And he actually stayed and died in Concord in 1882. Actually lived to be pretty old um, for that time. He lived a really long time. So I thought this was funny because I, it sounds like Lexington was first, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's the first shot. But Mm -hmm. looking it up, a lot of people, they refer to the shot heard around the world at the one at the North Bridge, like Emerson had noted. Mm -hmm. And so there's kind of like a a rivalry between Lexington and Concord, like who can call the first shot. And again, generally, people actually do refer to the old North Bridge in Concord as the first shot, basically just because the skirmish in Lexington was really confusing and contradictory. And like the Concord battle saw the first shots fired by Americans acting on orders. So they, American leaders were saying, you know, fire on them. Whereas Mm -hmm. in Lexington, it was kind of like, again, we don't know who's doing it. They definitely didn't have orders to fire they the towns debated over it so much that at one point in 1824 the Marquis de de Lafayette he visited the towns and he was welcomed to Lexington hearing it described as the birthplace of American liberty but then he was like taken aside and informed that Concord was the first forcible resistance uh, was made there 
And then President Ulysses S. Grant considered not attending the 1875 centennial celebrations in the area just to evade the whole issue. He was like, I don't, they're like, come to our celebration. And he's uh, Concord's like, no, come to our celebration. It's like, I'm just not going to come to either one. And in 1894, Lexington petitioned the state legislator, legislature to proclaim April 19th as Lexington Day, which is so ballsy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> which, of course, Concord objected to that. And the current name for the holiday is Patriots Day. Mm-hmm. And today, Lexington's motto is the birthplace of American liberty. I found that on their website. And their uh, their seal says, what a glorious morning for America. <laughs> they're basically saying, you're welcome, America. Yeah. And they're like, wow, what a beautiful morning. <laughs> <laughs> like, we did it. You're very welcome. And I do have to say, I went on both towns' websites, Lexington you know, like it's right at the top. It's the top banner. It's on their seal. It's made very clear. Whereas Concord, although their website was better designed, it, I couldn't find it anywhere. And I had to like dig a little bit more Mm -hmm. and all, I couldn't find what their motto was, but on their seal in Latin, it says, how strong is harmony? Hmm. Which seems kind of cryptic. (laughs) (laughs) It does, especially given its history. Right. So, I mean, who's going to win on the website side? Like, I do have to say Lexington is a little bit more on the nose. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe Conquer is like, we already know it's us. We don't need to try so hard. Lexington, stop it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, Lexington's really trying really hard. Like, they really want to make it a big deal. And Conquer's like... Sorry, man. We got the bridge. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) So yeah, the shot heard around the world is mostly known for this, but it has also been associated with the 1914 assassination that triggered World War I. So you might also hear it in relation to that, which I think is also very important. (laughs) It's a very uh, (laughs) historical event. Yes. And very accurate shot heard around the world for that one too. Exactly. Yeah, it's just crazy, like, the back and forth, the history. It was a real quick history lesson on the beginning of the American Revolution. Man, what a trying time for these people. But we did it. We did it, America. (laughs) (laughs) But let's dive into the conspiracy theories, shall we? So we have two big ones, as Shannon pointed out. The whole main reason why there are conspiracy theories is just we don't know who shot first. Was it the colonists or was it the British? Very interesting evidence on both sides. And then, of course, at the end, we'll talk about where a tinfoil hat is and, Mm -hmm. you know, which side do we think is the one that started it. All right, let's begin with the colonists and that the colonists were the first to fire it. So there's a, a, an account that was written in 1775, so we can kind of trust, you know, they're there in that present day mindset. That's a primary source, right, Alina? I'm trying to think back to our, like, uh, high school history classes. Our DBQ days? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, you're right. Like, this is something we can really look at substantially. Right, because it's written at the time of the event. Exactly. There's a lot of weight in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
so essentially from what he wrote and we're just going to take a little snippet of the evidence that is shown um when he began his march towards concord he was ordered to destroy a magazine of military stores deposited there for use of an army to be assembled and this order was an act against his majesty and his government so this is an act against the british right and the colonel called his officers together and gave direct orders saying that the troops should not fire unless fired upon so i think that's really the big key thing so you know did was it the troops or was it not according to them they're saying No, it was definitely the colonists because we literally were ordered not to do anything unless they'd started it first. Feels like brother and a sister like fighting or something. Like don't do anything till the first punch is thrown. Exactly. So soon after they heard many signal guns, right? And the ringing of alarm bells repeatedly was going off, which convinced them that the country, the country being the U.S., was rising to oppose them, the British, and that it was like a scheme to oppose the king's troops. So again, like this is all against the British. So about three o'clock the next morning, the troops began to advance within two miles of Lexington. Intelligence was received that about 500 men in arms were assembled and were determined to oppose the king's troops. Again, just going against the British. Right. And that's 500 men. And like we said in the, on the record, like there might have been as little as 70. So we're already getting, you know, maybe a little, what's the word? Like a little dramatic. Yeah. Like embellishing maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Like what really happened? What did it look like? And there was two officers who informed him that a man advanced from those that were assembled, right? So we have two American patriots coming out, um, had presented his musket and attempted to shoot them, but the piece flashed in a pan. And on this, the major gave directions to the troops to move forward, but on no account to fire nor even to attempt it without orders. So again, it just kind of reiterating the story that maybe there was a colonist that came out and was like kind of poking the bear, but they being an established group, they were like, technically you can, you know, probably reason that they wouldn't have done anything without those orders. Right. And I looked up flashed in the pan and I guess that, I think that's when there's no like bullet and it's like the gunpowder goes off, but no bullet is being projected out. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of like a little warning, like boop, boop. <laughs> bam, bam. Bam, bam. It's literally <laughs> just the flag that comes out of the gun in the cartoons. It says bam. <laughs> that exact visualization is what happened. <laughs> he wrote it down. Just kidding. Allegedly. <laughs> so... When they arrived at the east of the village, they observed about 200 armed men drawn up from like the green um, when the troops came within 100 yards of them. And then they began to file off towards some stone walls. So basically, right, they're kind of by there. I mean, like the colonists are setting up the scene. They're getting ready to go. They're taking their positions. They're trying to find their safety. And the major instantly called to the soldiers not to fire, but to surround and disarm them. Some of them had jumped over a wall and then fired four or five shots at the troops. 
So it's like, is this the telling? Is this the evidence that proves maybe it was the colonists who did it first? Again, there was no orders to be made, but they were to kind of step in and probably intimidate them to kind of pressure them to drop everything that they had. So when the Captain Parsons uh, returns with the three companies, um, you know, the troops over the bridge, they observed three soldiers on the ground. One of them scalped his head, much mangled, his ears cut off. So it was like a very brutal and uh, rough way to go. Yeah, I mean, I think in seeing that, he probably assumed that uh, the Patriots were angry and they were not taking this lightly and that they were ready to go. Like this wasn't some accident i think they probably thought like they're like oh this was intentional versus from their point of view they didn't want to they just want to disarm them so colonel smith had ex- executed his orders without opposition by destroying all the military stores that he could find during this whole thing which explains all of them going into like lexington into concord so again when they went to lexington and concord and then they began to go back and retreat to boston they kept getting attacked from all sides of the area, from like walls, fences, houses, trees, barns, etc. Like they were the ones being attacked. Like they definitely were, I don't want to say the victims, but they were being under attack. Like they definitely were not the ones that were actively, they were on the defense, if you will. Uh, and the Patriots yeah. were for sure on the offense. So thus, this unfortunate affair has happened through the rashness and imprudence of a few people who began firing on the troops at Lexington. So that's a story that like the British put out like, oh, look at us. We're just poor British. Like we told everybody that we wouldn't hurt them. We didn't have any orders to and then they attacked us. Exactly. And like the accounts of there's like 500 of them. There's like 200 of them. Oh, my God. There were so many of them. What were we to do? You know, like we were the calm ones. Like we were the ones that we acted in, mm-hmm. you know, in honor of his majesty. Right. And look, they they scalped one of us, which I don't know if that was ever verified if that actually happened because I didn't <laughs> see that anywhere else. So I don't know if yeah. it's just this. I'm um, trying to get some more sympathy for the British. And like, mm-hmm. look at these barbarians. They got to us. And I liked how at one point in there, it says that they tried to convince the inhabitants of the town that no injury was intended to them and not the slightest mischief should be done neither to any of the people but they were sulky anyway it was like okay yeah, <laughs> like you yeah. came in and tried to take their guns like they're not gonna be like oh thank you exactly they're, they're trying to play it off that they're like we come in peace it's like mm, i don't know About a thousand soldiers showing peace yeah it's kind of dramatic for peace peace and love and (laughs) harmony (laughs) again tensions were high a lot of things had happened leading up to that entire event so yeah the idea that the british were calm cool and collected you know they may or may not be true Mm -hmm. on the flip side of that some people believe that it was actually the british who fired it and there was an article in the a New York newspaper published on Sunday 23rd, 1775. And it said, Sir, this evening intelligence hath 
been received that about 1200 of the regular troops, regular, right, British troops have proceeded from Boston toward Concord and having fired on the inhabitants and killed a number of them. So killing the Patriots at Lexington are now actually engaged in butchering and destroying our brethren in the most inhumane manner. The inhabitants opposed with them or imposed them with zeal and encourage and numbers have already fallen on both sides. Reinforcements were on their way at 10 o'clock from Boston and the provisionals were alarmed and mustering as fast as possible. So long story short, these British people, they're not innocent. They killed a bunch of the patriots. They're going crazy. They are acting like so happy that they now finally get a chance to like fight and do this thing. And then there's another quote that says, to all friends of American liberty, be it known that this morning before break of day, a brigade consisting of about a thousand or 1200 men landing at Phipps Farm, at Cambridge and marched to Lexington where they found a company of our colony militia in arms upon whom they fired without any provocation, killed six men and rooted four others. I totally would have like paraphrased that and made it myself, but like that was a quote. So I got to stick to the words. (laughs) Okay. But anyways, so this quote basically is saying they did it, the British without any, you know, we didn't incite anything. Yep. Exactly. And uh, they killed six men and wounded four others. So, so who fired first? We cannot know definitely, but we have more reason to believe that the British reports than those of the Americans. At least the two sides agree that the Americans on the green did not fire first. Only the British claimed someone off the green on their flank fired first. And the American Monroe admits such shots were indeed fired though contends those were not the first shots. So it's just very interesting. It's like both sides low-key agree that like the location in which they were at, like on the green, when they were like giving each other the stare down, Mm -hmm. people on the line, the line of scrimmage, if you will, (laughs) didn't shoot. But then they also heard something from somewhere nearby. Mm -hmm. Again, that's where the whole question is, who made the first shot? So we don't know, but whatever the truth of fire, you know, whoever did shoot first, the Patriots were the first to get their version of the events out to the American public. The effect was to rally hundreds, if not thousands of colonists to join the rebellion. And when the Second Continental Congress met three weeks later, the meeting had been scheduled since October, and they had agreed to support Massachusetts in the conflict. Even so, many representatives disagreed among themselves about the purpose of fighting. And I mean, you have to think back then, like, as great of the story, the American Revolutionaries, there were definitely people who lived, you know, on the East Coast and Massachusetts and like some other states who were loyalists. Like, yes, they lived in America, but they were true loyalists to the British and they felt very like tied to the uh, British monarchy. Yeah. And not only that, but they also like, maybe they're not loyal to the British, but they also just don't want war. Like we don't mm-hmm. want the British here, but is there like any other way that we don't have to kill all these people to become independent? Exactly. So again, there were just like a lot of opinions with everyone having different thoughts. You have like one side, the other side, and then of course in the middle. 
And over the next year of conflict, British policymakers tried to recruit Indian slaves and foreign mercenaries and tried to blockade like uh, the colonial ports, of course, and they rejected all efforts of any consolation. And these actions pushed more and more colonists to favor independence. And of course, we all know how that ended. That's right. So that's the uh, beginning of the American Revolutionary in, I don't know, 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shannon, we, we got to ask, got to do what we do best. Where is your tinfoil hat? Like, where, who do you think made the first shot? Was it the British or do you think it was the colonists? I think it was the colonists, personally. Just because they seem to both agree that like it wasn't anybody on the green. And I don't know, I don't think the British were known for being like in the woods necessarily. Mm-hmm. And we know that the Minutemen are like all up in the woods. But I find it interesting that I think you and I had both the same idea. And I really want to know why we both had the same idea. So we both texted each other when we were researching. It's like, why do I feel like it was a kid, a little boy, or like a preteen boy just behind a stone wall and made the first shot. And I really wanted to know, did we get this from a book growing up? I have no idea. I I don't want to say we got it from a book, but then you also did mention the magic, was it the Magic yeah. Treehouse series? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole point of the series is they go into these like historical moments in time and then they're there um so maybe there was like a spin where there was some sort of child because like again the book is nobody knows so what was their spin on it was it a boy that did it <laughs> well I um did look it up and did you amazing the magic tree house did have a revolutionary war book but it was when when Washington crossed the river on like Christmas Eve, that bit oh, wasn't this one. Okay, so yeah. really, not from that then. Yeah, no, I don't know what it's from, but yeah, I'm just picturing like a boy with zits, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. zits, and he's behind a stone wall and he's nervous. He's like shaky, yes. and uh, doesn't know. Really scared, and then like trigger finger accidentally does something, and then whew, all the shit. Exactly. And then this whole war begins because of this one 13-year-old boy. Yeah, that's my that's my theory. That's where my tinfoil hat is. I couldn't agree more. I definitely agree with you. I think if anything, I don't know if it was the colonists necessarily on the green. And I don't necessarily think it was the British. But I do think it was some sort of colonist who was like in the background, you know, hiding in the trees or something. And was he testing out his gun? Was he trying to clean it? Because you got to think back then you got to clean your gun, you know, it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't like push and go. I don't even know. But uh, it was not automatic. Exactly. But the strong feeling that I have for like a 13 year old boy just doing something like because he's nervous or maybe he's like trying to be funny. I don't know. And he just, boom, shoots the shot. And then next thing you know, it's a shot heard around the world. Yeah. I also don't think it was on it. Like, like we've been saying, I don't think it's been on any orders. Like I do mm-hmm. think it was more of like a mistake thing. Mm-hmm. And it was somebody acting out of lo- like, I don't think the Americans said shoot them. And I don't think the British said, British said shoot them. I think it was somebody kind of nerves somebody's nerves made a mistake (laughs) i agree what if it was like some drunk guy oh my god 
<laughs> or what if it wasn't even like what if it was somebody that they're just in town but they're not at the event <laughs> like they're just, just like, like a, doing like a little like a shooting a hunting thing yeah or, like there's yeah. a fox in his garden he's like oh, yeah damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and then next thing you know a whole like war breaks out mm-hmm. just one of those things if that was you i feel like that would be such a great kept secret like how would you feel if you accidentally did that get that truly is what happened imagine like there's a lot of pressure yeah yeah I don't think you'd tell anybody <laughs> right <laughs> it's like yeah you heard about the shot like, oh really like what happened <laughs> no I didn't I, I didn't hear a thing <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh but yeah like we said we to this day still don't know and I don't know if we ever will find out who made the first shot so this concludes our episode on the shot heard around the world episode number two on crazy things that happened in april and of course april 19th wowzers yes if you know you know (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so tune in next week we have another great episode in the works uh, for you all bye bye